Hello and welcome to episode 59 of Game of Wines, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I'm Olivia. I'm Gabby. And I'm Chris. Today we will be discussing Catelyn Chapter 8 in A Game of Thrones, so make sure you have read before listening. Alright, I got news. Um, so the House of the Dragon Stars will actually be at the Game of Thrones official convention. That's going to be happening. Well, hold up. Where's it? Oh, are you going to tell us where it is? Will you let me read the news? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I got excited. <laughs> so come December... Warner Brothers Discovery will have a themed and entertainment and creation entertainment around the Game of Thrones official fan convention. L.A. It's going to be in L.A. Of course it's in L.A. It's always in L.A. So, it'll be in the L.A. Convention Center, and not only will it have stars from House of the Dragon, but it'll also have stars from Game of Thrones. So, you'll actually have Theon Greyjoy, Joffrey Baratheon, and Kit Harington. Wait. As well as it will be DJed by Hodor, who is a DJ. <laughs> That's so cool. His DJ name is DJ Christian Nairn. That's his actual name, yeah. And that is his actual DJ name, too. Interesting. When he is a DJ, he will be DJing a dance party. Yes. Wow. I would like to go. There will be props and set pieces from Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon at this party. When is um, it? December. Oh. December. And uh, you're going to have Podrick is going to be there. Oh my god, Pod Podrick the Rod. Yara is going to be there. <laughs> Bran is going to be there, hopefully not in a wheelchair. <laughs> and uh, Isaac Hempstead. That name sorry. sounds familiar. That's right, that's Brad. I mean, Patty Constantine. So you have Viserys. Constant. So you have a little mix. Yeah. And then you have Corliss from House of the oh, Dragon as okay. well. On top of that, Ryan Condal will make a special he virtual appearance. Yeah, he, wrote he, he wrote it. House of the Dragon. House of the yeah. Dragon. Um, and then he'll chat with everyone about season one and what you will see. He said they will let it slip through season two. So an advanced look at the feature of the Blu-ray release of House of the Dragon season one will be there as well, which is called Return of the Seven Kingdoms. A sneak peek of Game of Thrones season display going up on the Warner Brothers studio and cosplay, of course, and trivia contests as well. So, um, December 9th through the 11th. There we go. So there you go. I just had to keep reading. Nice. I did. And there you go. 9th through the 11th. And, uh, yeah. Let's go. Yeah, I can't go to LA. How much are tickets? Does anyone know? Mm. Yes, Rico. Just found some tickets for 350 350. Well, there's your answer. Um, well, I just found some for 350 for the three days. Oh, it's for all three days? For all three days. Oh, that's not bad. I just sent On Hopper. By I the just way. went to Tap look in. up your tickets here and it went, no. So, uh, Tap in. I mean, not for that. I don't know how much tickets are for that one, but Wayne tickets because we, we are far from LA. So, that's true. You know, but tickets to get there. But anyways, winter has already came here today. Yeah, so winter did already happen. happened. It's snowing in Michigan, so. Yeah, well, we. <laughs> Winter's oh, not there yet. All the joys. And it never shows. Winter does not appear there. We're in the north. North remembers. So you yeah. know who should have won us? DJ Holdor. That's <laughs> that would have been way better. Won as DJ I didn't Holdor. know that was an actual costume until like right now. Or DJ LH or HLD. Or HTD. Holdor. Or HTD. That sounds Hold like a venereal Hold disease. Hold the door. That sounds real bad. Yeah. Um, oh, you don't do that. All right, we're going to get it so long. We're going to go. All right. Come on. Back on track. You can get a shot for that. <laughs> All right, um, Martin, moving on to the Martin message. So our Targaryen Thursdays fact. Um, it says, prior to the conquest of Westeros, Targaryens did not fly the three-headed dragon banner. Heraldic banners had long been a tradition amongst the lords of Westeros, but such had never been used by the dragon lords of old Valyria. So there's our Targaryen fact. And then um, one of the recent... Post by George R. R. Martin on his blog. He kind of just did a random update of everything. So I'm going to try and filter some of the stuff that he wrote in here. Good luck. There's just a lot I'm trying to condense. Um, so he has been watching the House of the Dragon show. Um, I hope. And he said he loves it. And um, kudos to Patty Considine for his portrayal of King Viserys. Um, the character that Ryan Condal created for the show is so much more powerful and tragic and fully fleshed than his own version in Fire and Blood. 
He says that Patty deserves an Emmy Emmy for his portrayal of Viserys. If he doesn't get one, no justice, he said. <laughs> yeah. He did a good job. Yeah. He did. I think that we should, we'll probably have something else talking about House of the Dragon at some point. Yeah, so he just, he kept kind of talking about House of the Dragon, um, and then he said that he is still working on Winds of Winter and that his, that that is his main priority right now. We'll just no comment on that. I also just read something that said he's apparently three quarters of the way done with it. I'm going to no comment on that. He is. He yeah. Said, he said three quarters of the way. But we know how long it took him to write those three quarters, so... <laughs> Yeah. Well, they got a quarter left, the last, guys. The last quarter is going to take <laughs> forever. Three years. You are yeah. trusted to be untrusted. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, um, last episode, Daenerys visited the Western Market where a wine seller attempted to poison her with wine. We saw that in the show. The man was caught and taken to Vase Dothrak to await his punishment. Because of this incident, um, Cal Drogo decided to lay siege on King's Landing and cross the sea. He's pissed. He's mad. <laughs> Daenerys finds out that her life is on the line due to many, t- bleh, due to many coming after her on command of King Baratheon. Um, the wine cellar was strapped to horses and dragged down the road as they traveled. Uh, in this episode, Catelyn reunites with Rob and his army, which is newly formed. Uh, they talked about the l- the letter from Sansa, and Catelyn informs him of some news from the Eyrie. Then Rob mm-hmm. and Catelyn. Discuss battle plans together as mom and son going to war. (laughs) Okay, so our wine roll. um, We are now in part three of the book, Mm. which is called Choosing It. So rule number 26, a wine's price rarely reflects its quality. Wine is almost never priced for the exact value of what's in the bottle. Value is in the eyes of the beholder. Uh, He said there are wines that are priced too high and some priced too low. Keep in mind, number one, it's hard to find wines under $15 that are distinctive and made with care. Mm -hmm. Even harder to find a wine under $10 that is made well. These types are usually made by big corporations. Wow. (laughs) Uh, Number two, it's hard to justify a wine over $100. Only worth buying if you have done your homework on that specific wine. And number three, best values are wines that come from places that have fallen out of fashion. Okay, so we're going to move on to the chapter. Chapter. So, Catelyn has left the Erie, and she is traveling with Sir Brendan Tully, Sir Willis, and Sir Wendell Manderley, along with 1,500 men. Catelyn spotted white banners with a dark smudge in the middle, and she said that these could only be the Stark banners. Yay. <laughs> she is relieved to see these banners because it means she was not too late in meeting up with Rob before he continues his march south. Sir Willis tells Catelyn that they are awaiting their arrival, and Sir Brendan decides that they should not be kept... They should not be keeping them waiting anymore and trots briskly towards the banners while Catelyn rode beside him. Sir Willis and Sir Wendell followed, leading all 1,500 men behind him. Their father, Lord Wyman, stayed behind to see to the defenses of the White Harbor. Just as a reminder, while in King's Landing, Lord Eddard Stark asks his wife, Lady Catelyn Stark, to instruct Lord Wyman to strengthen the defenses of White Harbor and keep them well garrisoned. Wyman meets Catelyn when she comes ashore at White Harbor after her return from the Erie. He stays to command the defense of the city when Rob Stark calls his banners, and he sends his two sons, Sir Willis and Sir Wendell, in his absence. And then he sent his two sons with her in his stead. And now I am going to read a paragraph from the chapter. She was pleased to see that her son had sent eyes out, even to the east. The Lannisters would come from the south when they came, but it was good that Rob was being careful. My son is leading a host to war, she thought, still only half believing it. She was desperately afraid for him and for Winterfell, yet she could not deny feeling a certain pride as well. A year ago, he had been a boy. What was he now, she wondered. So... Um, Outriders saw the Manderley banners and welcomed them warmly. They led Catelyn's party to high ground away from camp, and Sir Willis called a halt and remained behind with his men to tend after the horses and keep the fires warm while Wendell continued on with Catelyn and her uncle. Can I just add a note? Yeah. It was just funny to read in the book that she was like, he's the fattest man I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. He's so fat. Like, she just described it 
in gruesome detail of how fat this guy was. That was funny. Like, she's like, I feel sorry for his horse. <laughs> and I, and like, he's just so fat. But I love him. Like, <laughs> she's like, I trust him. I love him. His fingers are sausages. Oh, my God. Massive individual. But I trust him. <laughs> and it's funny because the way she described other people in the book of, like, not trusting them. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, this guy, awesome. Yeah. Like, fat, sausage fingers. Sorry for his horse, but... So on the ride, Catelyn glimpsed what remained of the walls of Moat Kaelin, which was a great fortress of the first men with a wooden keep and a curtain wall of basalt. It is said to have had 20 towers, but is now in ruins and only three remain standing. The Gatehouse Tower, the Drunkard's Tower, and the Children's Tower, where legend said the children of the forest called upon their gods to create, create a flood. It is still a formidable defensive position because the causeway passes between the towers and is surrounded by impenetrable bogs. So I looked up the three towers. So the gatehouse tower, it's said to be looking sound with a few feet of standing wall on either side. The drunkard's tower looks like a leaning man about to throw up. Very fitting for its name. And the children's tower looks like a bite had been taking, uh, taken out of it. Legend says that the children of the forest called upon their nameless gods to send the hammer of the waters. And it also was noted that all three towers were covered in moss. There's a lot of description in that part of the chapter, yeah. There is, yeah. When Sir Brynden saw Moat Kaelin, he said, Gods have mercy, this is a Moat Kaelin. There's no more than a... And then Catelyn jumped in to finish his thought, a death trap. She assures her uncle that she knows it looks awful, but Ned had assured her that this ruin is more formidable than it seems. The three towers are the only causeway across the bogs of the neck. Any enemy from any direction must pass through them. The bogs are full of quicksand and suck holes and are teeming with snakes. So naturally, it sounds like it's just a really good defense. Yeah, I was just going to like add another note in there. Like, I think it's interesting how... Like, they describe Moat Kaelin, too, but they describe the Eerie, too. Like, every time they describe one of these places, it's very, like, defensive. Mm-hmm. Like, how could they defend against people? And then when they say, like, Aaron, oh, it's up in, like, the Eerie's way up there. Like, you could never get in there. And then Moat Kaelin's the same thing. It's like, well, they got towers and there's swamps and there's only one way in and archers and all this stuff. Like... It gives, like, a good geographical description. It does, description. yeah. It, it really gives a, a good ge- geographical description, exactly, of, of how you would not be able to get in there. So yeah. if you had someone planned ahead. Exactly. exactly. Like, created that was like, we should probably hide up here. Like, exactly. fix that spot. We should like, hide in the How could swamp. we make this exactly like you couldn't get in? Perfect. Let's do that. We did it. <laughs> it looks like crap, but we were able to do it. Yeah. So, continuing on, it says, to attack any of the towers, an army would, quote, Need to wade through waist-deep black muck, cross a moat full of lizard lions, and scale walls slimy with moss, all the while exposing themselves to fire from archers in the other towers. What are lizard lions? I was going to ask that same question. I'm pre- I'm assuming they're snakes. Like, oh, wait, no. I actually looked this up before. I was actually I was curious as well. I was thinking like holes, like the... Uh, oh, the yellow spotted lizards. yellow spotted lizards. That... Yeah, from holes. Yeah. <laughs> Immediately where my mind went to. Okay, my so mind. it says lizard lions are large carnivorous reptiles that live in the bogs and swamps of the neck in Westeros. Mm. So they're yellow by lizards. They look like... Komodo dragon? I see a picture. It looks like a, like a crocodile. Oh my gosh. And it has you like know what? spiky things. Yeah, I don't know what that is, bro. That's an alien. It's like Jurassic Park meets crocodiles. I Basically. See that. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and then it said, and then when night falls, there are said to be ghosts, cold, vengeful, vengeful spirits of the north who hunger for southern blood. Well, she said that kind of trying to scare them. I don't know. That's I think funny. she's saying what the, the yeah. rumor was. It was just kind of funny how Catelyn said that. And then he goes, oh, well, I'm southern, so. <laughs> so banners had been raised on top of all three towers. The Karstark and Stark banners hung from the drunkard's tower. Lord Umber's banner was hung on the children's tower, and the Stark banner hung on the gatehouse tower alone. This is where Rob had made his seat, and Catelyn started to ride towards the gatehouse tower. Can I just make another note of what mm-hmm. I was saying? Um, it was funny that she said that 
too, because they're saying like, oh, it hungers for Southerner blood, right? Mm -hmm. Like making it more like a Northerner thing. Like this is our place. Yeah. And I know one of them said like, oh, well, I have Southerner blood. Like I should not, we, you know, go out at night kind of thing. And it kind of like was like, well, this is like, this is no place for Southerners. Like they're going to war with Lannisters right now. Right. So she's kind of putting that out there. Like they're ghosts. They're going to hunt the Lannisters and stuff. I just thought that was funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Callan found Rob in the gatehouse tower surrounded by his father's lords and bannermen in a drafty hall with a fire in the hearth. He was seated at a large stone table with piles of maps and papers in front of him talking to Roose Bolton and the Great John. At first, Rob did not notice his mother there, but Greywind did. And then the the other lords fell silent as they noticed she was there. Rob suddenly looked up when he noticed it was quiet. Mother, he said in disbelief with a lump in his throat. Catelyn wanted so badly to run to him, kiss and hug him, and hold him tightly, but she would not dare to do that in front of all the men present. You've grown a beard, Catelyn said. She said she liked it and said it made him look like her brother, Edmure. All the men present paid their respects, kneeling before her. Theon Greyjoy was the last to do so and said, I had not looked to see you here, my lady. And Catelyn admitted that she did not think she would have been here either until she came to White Harbor and Lord Wyman told her that Rob had called his banners. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Um, so Rob thanked Sir Brendan Tully and the Manderly boys for being there. Um, Rad asked where Sir Roderick was and Catelyn told him that Sir Roderick is on his way north from White Harbor. Catelyn has named him Castellan? Sure. mm, Castellan, governor of a castle. I guess that makes sense. Um, And has has commanded him to hold Winterfell until she and Robert. Well, there you go. There you go. There it is. (laughs) So he's uh, commanding Winterfell. Lord Albert said Catelyn has nothing to worry about. Winterfell is safe. We'll shove... We'll shove our swords up Tywin Lannister's bunghole soon enough, begging your pardons, and then it's on to the Red Keep to free Ned. (laughs) Beg your pardons, but we're going to kill this guy. (laughs) Roose Bolton then asked Catelyn, it is said that you have Lord Tywin's dwarf son as captive. Have you brought him to us? Yeah, I say we should we should make good use of such a hostage. That makes sense. There you go. <laughs> uh, that makes sense. Um, Catelyn said that she did have Tyrion, but then he was set free. She told him about the trial by combat and how, with some of with some help from her fool of a sister, he was set free. Um, she knew she should not be talking badly about her sister like that, but her exit from the Eyrie had been far from pleasant. She had offered to take Lord Robert, her son with her oh i'm sorry i just totally forgot that it's robert in the book and robin in the wow mm-hmm. yeah it's been a while guys i was really like who we're just easing back into this yeah it's all right anyway she had offered to take lord robert lisa's son with her to foster him at winterfell for a few years because the company of her boys would be good for him and lisa refused instead of catelyn tried to take her son away from her catelyn would leave by the moon door Mm. What does that mean? Flying. <laughs> is, that a, is that a threat or a promise? That's a threat. <laughs> <laughs> um, Catelyn said that there would be time for questions later, but she would like to speak to Rob alone, so the bannermen bowed and took their leave. When they all left, Catelyn filled a horn with ale and looked at her son. He was taller than, than he was when she had left, with whips, wisps of a beard that made him look older. She said Edmure was 16 when he first grew his first whiskers. 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 Rob said he, he would be 16 soon enough, and Catelyn said, you're 15 now and leading a battle, and that's what frightens her. That's, that's terrifying. insane. That, yeah, I was saying yeah. that's terrifying. Can we that. just, 15 years old, and you're in charge of a whole ass army. When I was 15. It's just wild. But it's what, what what's wild to me is that, like, yes, I would lean no back. obviously, like, this is how things are. But, like, they're all just following a 15-year-old. Right. They're just all, because of his name yeah. and his title. Yeah. Right. And they're all just gathering in a room around him waiting for his yeah. next call. Yeah. Dude's 15 years old. It's called loyalty. He's an I infant. Know. Loyalty. It's crazy if you think about it. Yeah. What I'm 29. I'm not ready for that responsibility. Yeah, so. no. I'm 30. 
Um, so Rob tells her that there's no one else. And Catelyn's really like, no one? Like, no one else? Really? Because there's a whole host of men that were just in this room that he could have given control to. And Rob says that they're not Starks, and this is why he had to do it. Catelyn replied and said that they are men that are seasoned in battle, and you are not. Rob had only been practicing with wooden swords less than a year ago. That's crazy. Yeah, that is kind of crazy. I would say that that comment that she made was a little, like... It's kind of a low blow. Low undermine. It was. Undermining his... She kind of undermined him there, but the way he reacted to it... Sorry, I know you're about to say no. it, but I, like, the way he reacted to it was like... It's crazy to me. Yeah. I mean, at least she didn't do it while everybody was in the room. He reacted like, yeah, no. I'm aware of that. He's like, I'm aware. I, I'm aware. I am a child. <laughs> like, I know I'm a child. <laughs> and this is terrifying. Sometimes. Yeah. And he's like, I don't want to be, but I, I have to be at this point. So Catelyn saw that he was angry about this, but his anger left as quickly as it came, and he asked her if she was sending him back to Winterfell. Um, Catelyn said that she should, and that he should have never left Winterfell, but Rob has come too far, and she dare not send him back now. One day, these lords will look at Rob as their liege, and if she sends him back now, they'll look at him as a child and will laugh at Oh, we'll, and we'll laugh about it and not take him seriously in the future. Yeah. That's, at least she, I mean, she realizes that. Um, so she Rob makes feels. The comment, but then, like, yeah, she, is I mean, like, she, okay, well, like, he realizes she, it too. Yeah, but, like, she, I mean, she knows. Yeah. She's not very happy about it because that's her yeah. son, but she yeah. knows. She makes a comment and it was like, he's like, I know. And she goes, all right, shut up. <laughs> like, so, I made the comment, but shh. Rob feels <laughs> relieved by this and thanks his mom for not sending him back. So he then changed the subject and asks um, if Catelyn knew about Ned and what he's accused of. And Catelyn said, yes, she knows about it all. Robert's sudden death, Ned being accused of treason, scared her more than she could say. But she would not let it show on her face. Then she asked Rob if she had heard from her from his sisters at all. Rob told Catelyn that a letter came from Sansa and that there was one for Catelyn as well. He went and grabbed it. And grabbed the letter from the table to give it to Catelyn. Catelyn could tell something was seriously wrong from the tone in his voice. Um, Catelyn read it and was concerned, angry, and in disbelief at the same time. She could tell that this was Cersei who wrote the letter and not Sansa. So very obviously. Can I just make another comment? Yes. About something. Um, when I read this, and it kind of felt like Rob was looking for an out. Earlier on when you said like... When she was saying, you're 15, and Rob goes, are you going to send me back to Winterfell? It kind of felt to me like Rob was looking for, like, an out. Like, okay, like, you know, I'm a kid. Maybe he low-key was. Are you going to be a I think I think he was. Like, it's, send me it's back. It's not really yeah. in our discussion yeah. questions, but I was just thinking about this when I read it, and it was like, was he looking for, like, an out? Like, okay, like, you think I'm a kid? Like, all right, I'm Can out. Can I be a kid, please? Leave. Yeah, am I done? Like... Am I done with this? I, I rallied everybody. Are you going to be the that one that commands them? That is not how I took it at all. I took it as, like, like him getting, like, kind of upset with Catelyn and saying, like, you're going to send me back to Winterfell, really. Yeah. Not as an out. I saw it as him getting upset with Kate, Catelyn okay. for assuming that he was yeah. too young or whatever. I see. I see. Yeah, I see not, that. Not, not ready. Yeah, like but not I see ready. him, like, yeah. swallowing well, it and like going to see up. both sides. I see. Yeah, I see him saying, though, like, at the same time, like, her saying the anger of like what you're saying, and then she says that he immediately swallowed that and goes, "You're gonna send me back then?" Like it feels like he doesn't feel like he should be there, and like his repeated comments throughout the conversation is also he feels like should I not be here? But then she kind of sparks that a little bit of like I should be here. But I just think it's like interesting that he was like, "All right, are you gonna send me back?" Mm-hmm. No. Okay. All first, right. yeah. First thought. Of then I'm gonna keep doing what I'm gonna do. I just thought it was interesting. Sorry, it's just a comment. <laughs> You're good. Um, so, Catelyn said, The real message is in what Sansa does not say. All this is about how kindly and gently the Lannisters are treating her. I know the sound of a threat even whispered. They have Sansa hostage and mean to keep her. Rob points out that there's no mention of Arya, and Catelyn did not want to think of what that even meant. Um, and Rob said that he hoped Catelyn still had Tyrion so that he could trade um, Tyrion for Sansa, which would have been 
a good idea. Um, but Tywin hates him. Yeah, well, it's he like would have, but he still would have. He still would have. It's like a two-faced gambling yeah. card, you know. Um. Then he told Catelyn that he had written to Aunt Lysa for help, asking for her to call call their banners and send the Knights of the Vale. He asked Catelyn if he if she had had any word from the Eyrie concerning this. Um, Catelyn told him that only one knight has come, which is her uncle, the. Brendan of the Brendan the Blackfish, bleh, who used to be a Tully. She told him that Lysa was not about to do anything beyond the bloody gate. Rob took this news hard and felt hopeless. What are we gonna do? I brought the whole army together, eighteen thousand men, but I don't. I'm not certain. He looks at his mom with tears in his eyes, and Cat asks what he's afraid of. And Rob says, even if we win, the Lannisters hold Sansa and father. They'll kill them, won't they? Catelyn said that the Lannisters want them to think that. And Rob says, you mean they're lying? I don't think, I don't necessarily think a Lannister would lie about that, though. I don't know. Yeah. Lannister, lie, both sides of that. I think they'd do anything for money. Yeah, but I feel or like they power. stand, or they power. stand, but yeah. they stand behind it. So it's like a... I don't know if I agree with that. I'm being argumentative tonight. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. No, being argumentative. What, what do you want to say? Go ahead. No, I just I don't I think they would lie to get whatever they want. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I I don't think I don't think they stand behind what they say all the time. I just I just yeah. mean like killing people. Like they literally will just like oh, yeah. oh we have so and so come get them or they'll and say then they'll that still just to get what them. they want. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I just you mean, know, I just mean most of the time it feels like they still kill them. With with the way. history of Lannisters in general, I think that. Yeah, I think we're seeing that. Uh, but we know for a fact, like for us, reading the chapters, looking, also they do have a, They're also going to look on the side of hope. <laughs> you know. They are Starks. Yeah. Um, so Kat says she doesn't know, <laughs> but what she does know is that Rob has no choice but to march. Mm-hmm. If he goes to King Landing and swears fealty, he'll never, he'll never be allowed to leave. If he turns around, the lords will lose all respect for him. And some may even go to the Lannisters, and then the queen can do as she likes with her prisoners. Some will call that a rock and a hard place. (laughs) Nice stalemate. Um, She Mm. says that their best hope is to defeat the enemies. If Rob takes Lord Tywin and Jaime Lannister prisoner, then a trade for Ned and Sansa would be very possible. As long as the Lannisters fear them, Ned and Sansa will be safe. Cersei's strong enough to know that she may need them to make peace, and should should the fight come to her. So it's lofty, lofty goals. Yeah. I see. This is why they're the Lannisters are such manipulators. Yes. Yeah. They are literally making making Rob and Catelyn think that they would kill them if they don't swear fealty. Right. Yeah. But as Catelyn just pointed out, all they need is fear. They don't need to like actually kill them. Um. And she says, as long as the Lannisters fear them, Ned and Sansa will be safe. Yeah. They rule by fear. That's insane to me. Like, they're just such master manipulators. It's all... It's all mind like games. How much is Catelyn? The, the worst... The, the best villain-wise. Like, has she seen the Lannisters go through something where the Starks either impose something or, like, be, even being, like, where she is from the Riverlands of seeing nothing. Yeah, like, she did. The Lannisters will... Back away if someone bears their teeth she because did. of the lions. But here's the Robert, problem. Hold on, but Robert's rebellion, literally the whole thing was that the, the Lannisters promised they were going to come and they didn't show. Right. And mm-hmm. Ned and Rob were both there for that. And obviously Ned is married to Kat, so he went home and told Kat. So Kat, yes. But to add Kat on to what you just something. said, so the Lannisters didn't show, right? But where did the Lannisters show? The Lannisters showed by backstabbing yeah. and killing. Yeah. You know, Kingslayer and all that. They yeah. went and they killed in Rhaegar's children. They went and they killed all of the Mad King. Yeah. In the throne room, everyone. They killed everyone by backstabbing. So they went, oh, we're not going to show up. We're going to show up at the last minute and backstab everyone. Yeah. And yeah. then make this work. So it's it's the same thing. We're like, okay, here's a like upfront letter from them. And you were like... Yeah, I don't believe that because everything that they do is so backstabbing, manipulative, conniving. So everything that they send you, you have to take it with a serious, huge grain of salt. Or you have to look at it and like ask yourself, what are they 
trying to get. Right. What's, their, right. what's, what's their, the ulterior motive? What's yeah. their angle? Who, who wins from this manipulation? Yeah. That's why I was like, how are they going to win from this manipulation? And I yeah. think I think if you look at it and ask like, what can they gain from it, this? That's your like answer to your question of what they actually really want. But here's the biggest problem: what are they gaining from it? The greatest prize of all. Mm-hmm. The greatest prize of all. The throne, mm-hmm. right? So now, at that time, Robert's Rebellion, they couldn't gain the throne. But this one, they can. And this well, is now a Because now they exactly. take sit on the throne as well. Yeah. You yeah. have Joffrey. Yep. You have Joffrey in line. And you have Ned facing the stake. Like, there's so much at stake for them. There's so much they could do for... The, I know, sorry. Yeah, ooh. <laughs> the stake. Um, but literally like, but there's so much at line for them. They could do anything. Mm-hmm. So I understand what she's saying from this, like giant grain of salt. Like, okay, this is a letter, but is it, is this like, like, what are they actually saying? What are they really saying? And that's what she said in, in the book too. She said like, what is Sansa not saying? That's the truth. And that's the truth. What is not said in this letter is the truth. I agree with that. That's mm-hmm. yeah. I did this. All right. So. I do. Rob asks, basically, like, what if the fight doesn't go to her, but it comes to us instead? Catelyn says she's not going to sugarcoat this. If he loses, there's no hope for anyone. She told him to remember what happened to Rhaegar's children. See? And Rob said he could not lose them. Catelyn asks what he knows of the fighting in the Riverlands. Um, Rob said that a couple weeks ago, there was a battle in the hills below the Golden Tooth. Edmure said, sent Lord Vance and Lord Piper to hold the pass, but Jamie Lannister came and caused them to flee. Last Rob had heard. Um, Lord Piper was falling back and joining Edmure and his other bannermen, um, his other bannermen at River Run with Jamie Lannister close behind. The whole time this battle was happening, Lord Tywin Lannister was bringing a second Lannister army around from the south, and it was even larger than Jaime's army. Rob said that Ned must have known about this because he had sent some men out to oppose Tywin's army under the king's banners. This second Lannister army ambushed the Ned part, the party Ned had sent out to bring Gregor Clegane to justice, killing Raymond, Raymond Derry and most of the men from Winterfell. Um, Lord Beric may have escaped, but no one knows for sure. Now Lord Tywin is marching north to Harrenhal, burning as he goes. And burning as he goes. It was a lot of names. So the way I wanted to break this down a little bit, and I want to break this down later on in later chapters, is like what this, what, what, what basically Tywin is doing. So what Tywin is doing is a basic bait and switch thing is what's going on. I'm not trying to be like a nerd about this, but... I really liked Western civilizations in school. So, uh, I like the battle thing. He's doing a bait and switch thing. So, he sent Jamie in as a bait. Jamie's winning. While Jamie was in there winning, he sent his army in. Bait and switch. Right? There's your bait. Everyone flows to him. Tywin pulls an army around the south side and kills the rest of the army. So, it's bait and switch. But, he's winning at this point. So... Rob has to come to the conclusion of how am I going to beat this like bait and switch maneuver that's going on versus that's not even my army, right? That is my bannermen, but they're getting killed. So how do I back them up, but also show that I'm a force? So back to what I was going to say. So this is worse than what Catelyn had originally imagined what was going on. So she asked Rob if plans to wait here. Are you going to wait here for Lord Tywin? To arrive, are you just going to wait here, or are you going to actually meet him at the battlefield? Rob says yes, that I want to meet him. Rob says yes, I want to meet him, but no one thinks that he will come this far, actually north, to actually battle him here where they're at. Um, instead, he believes that Tywin will actually take the castles on the river one by one um, until River Run is the only one left. And if we know, the River Run is like Tully's. Yeah. Right? So that's Catelyn's that's Catelyn's namesake, right? So and it's the stronghold of yes. the river. So yes, it is. This scared Catelyn, um, and she asked Rob if she's sure if he's sure that actually this is the best thing to actually do, um, is to wait for him. 
Rob said that he is strongly placed right here and that Rob agrees that there is no food and supplies and that they cannot wait here. They actually have to meet him. Um, and that there's not an easiest, uh, it's not easy to land, it's not easy to live off this land that they're actually living on and that they should really meet him in the field. And Catelyn said that uh, we're waiting for Lord Manderly and now that his sons are here, we really need to march. And Catelyn's saying, you know, I want, I think she's kind of erring on the side of caution of like, I want you to be safe. I want you to be, you know, yeah. I don't want you to go to battle. And I think that it's kind of like her motherly instinct going in like, okay, you command these people to go, <laughs> but like, just stay here. Right. Yeah. She says that marching is very well, but where and to, and what purpose? I mean, what, what do you actually, you have all these armies, you have 18,000 men. Okay, you know that you're outnumbered, but what are you planning to do with these men? And Rob hesitantly for a moment, and then he said, well, the problem is that, like, so like Lord Umber thinks that to take battle to Lord Tywin, that's the best bet. But Glovers and the Karstarks think that they should go ahead around the army and George Edmure and take on Jamie. So there's two different fronts at this point. So you have one front that wants to take on Tywin head-on. And Tywin doesn't think that there's any army that's going to oppose him right now. He thinks he's just going to cut around, knock off um, Rob's uncle. And the problem with that is that you want to back up the troops that have your back. So you have Edmure is getting attacked directly by Jamie and he's being counterattacked yeah. by Tywin. But at this point you also want to show a strong front. So you want to attack you want to back up your uncle, but you also want to take on Tywin and say, "Hey, listen, this is the force that you're dealing with." Like you're you're not you're not just attacking Edmure, you're attacking and, and Blackfish, you are attacking everybody. In the north. Catelyn tells Rob that um, that he must be certain because there can't be affordable indecisiveness when it comes to attacking these forces. So you named yourself battle commander, so you have to command. Catelyn again asks him, what are you going to do? What is your plan? Like you can't be indecisive going, oh, I want to do this, I want to do that. No. What do you think is the best Force, And I think, and this is really important because Catelyn's kind of forcing it down his throat of like, you need to be decisive and figure out what you're going to do. Like you yeah. can't go, well, I could do this, I could do that. No. What do you think is the best course of action? And you need to weigh the options and what you're going to do. So Rob takes a map out, lays it out across the table. He starts to plan out what the battle scenarios on the ground are going to be. And he says, okay, if they go, if they go around Tywin's army... And there's a risk of being caught between Tywin and Jamie, and that's a problem. And if they attack Tywin up front, they will be directly outnumbered by Tywin's forces. Way more. So, Edmure told Rob that the numbers won't matter if they surprise him. Umber. Umber. Yeah, sorry. What did I say? You said Edmure. Edmure. Umber. <laughs> a lot of the same names. Umber. So, Umber told Rob that if we catch him with his pants down in... in Lack of a better mm. sense of words, right? If we catch him with his pants down, we'll be able to take him. Uh, and it won't matter his numbers. Rob doubts that because Tywin is a seasoned battle commander. He's been through the lot. I mean, he's been through a lot of stuff. So he goes, okay, well, I don't... I, I understand what he's saying, but also at the same time, this dude knows what he's doing. Mm -hmm. And Catelyn immediately, like, oh, like... Yeah, that's a smart move. You go, okay, well, I'm not going to doubt Tywin. Because Tywin knows what he's doing. So Catelyn goes, okay, tell me more. Because as soon as he goes, Tywin knows what he's doing, Catelyn goes, okay, I know that you're in the right mindset. Rob said that he, Rob said that he could take small force, a small force here at Moat Caelan, mostly archers, and have them march uh, down the causeway. Once they pass the neck, the army can then split into two separate groups. The only the ones on foot can continue down to the King's Road while the horsemen cross the Green Fork. 
at the twins. When Lord Tywin learns that they are coming down the south, he will march north to meet them. Their main hosts, leaving the riders to hurry to River Run. So then you have a force that's moving towards Tywin. Tywin's going to then match that force. The main bulk of your force at that point is then going to actually meet Jamie. So you're drawing them out to meet Ty Tywin. You're drawing Tywin out to meet the force that you're drawing south. Mm -hmm. And then your main force is going towards Jamie. So then you're going to overpower Jamie at that point. Catelyn then was unsure of this because Rob said, you know, you're literally splitting your army into two parts. And he goes, yeah, I'm splitting my army into two parts, but I'm also splitting their army into two parts. Mm -hmm. I'm saying, well, you got Jamie on one side of the river, you got Tywin on the other side of the river. Two different people, two different sides of the river. And I have the strongest part against Jamie, mm -hmm. who is supposed to be the stronger one, mm -hmm. right? So the only available, and Catelyn immediately, like when she hears him say that, she goes, all right. And she immediately like loosens up and is like, okay, maybe he knows what he's doing. And she says in the book that she hears Ned talking when she when he says this stuff. Mm. So it, it's very it's very reassuring. Like, okay, he learned some stuff from his dad. Mm -hmm. uh, the only available crossing at, is at the Green Fork, is at the Twins, which is called by House Frey. Also, Abandonment of the Tullys, which Ned doesn't really trust, mm -hmm. but is still Abandonment. At that point. So it's like, okay, I don't trust him, but I'm not going to lay it all on him. I'm going to just lay a little bit on him and say, you know, if he's, it's kind of a test because he's not there right now. Right. Right. So we know that he, he is a bannerman, but he's not there right now. So it's like, okay, we're going to lay it on him and we're going to like, you know, reference some sources of, he was kind of late to the battle of the Trident, which if you know the battle of the Trident, that was <laughs> when uh, Bobby B was was became so king right mm -hmm. there um but Frey was a little late to that because he he kind of he likes to play both sides so she tells robs that her father was never trusted lord walder Frey, but and that he shouldn't either but catelyn is impressed by his plan and asks who who would command each force and rob immediately steps up and says well i'm going to command the weaker force and Catelyn's immediately impressed by this and goes, that's exactly what Ned would do. Mm -hmm. Like, if it's the weaker force, the the more weight to lift, Ned would immediately take that. Mm -hmm. So, immediately echoing his father. Um, and he goes, well, I would obviously give the, the, the stronger force to Umber. She goes, well, she immediately disagrees with that. And Ned, Ned goes, well, um, without destroying his confidence, you know, Catelyn said Rob, or um, Catelyn told Rob that Ned was always thought of Umber as a fearless man. And he may be fearless, but at this point, you need someone that's kind of cunning. Someone that's kind of evil. <laughs> kind of stretches the bounds a little bit. Someone that can sneak around and, and kind of force the enemy to do something stupid. And Rob goes, well, Bolton scares me. <laughs> in the book he goes Bolton scares me he probably should do it right because he's cunning so Catelyn agrees with the Robin says uh, he, that he should get command and arrange escort to Catelyn to get back to Winterfell and Catelyn said that Rob uh, Catelyn told Rob that she's not going to actually she's not going to go to Winterfell that her father is dying behind the walls that are laying siege there at River Run and that she wants to go see her father and uh and that she must go to go see him. So I respect Catelyn for that one. Like, mm -hmm. you know what? I know Bran's there. I know Rickon's there. Winterfell. My children. They're young. But we're about to go to war. And she might never see her father again. So I understand that that reference. But yeah. um, that's the end of the chapter. A lot of battle plans. <laughs> A lot of battle plans. I, I was trying to lay it out. I'm glad that you like, had that section because I... Don't do well with those. That's fine. I, and that's fine. I think feel like most of them will be the end. But the battle section that I understood was basically... And I'm going to try to lay it out one more time. <laughs> so that everyone understands this. So Tywin and Jamie. Jamie is attacking River Run. Got her uncle on the run, Edmure. Or got her brother on the run, Edmure. Right? Tywin is trying to sneak around the south side and then trying to march north. So 
the problem that we have here is that Rob needs to back up Edmure, but also show a front against Tywin. So the only way that he thinks about doing it is showing a small force against Tywin, literally doing the same thing, but backwards, if you think about it. Small force against Tywin, Tywin bites on the bait, runs towards those forces, right? That leaves the main bulk of Rob's forces to take out Jamie. And then take Jamie. And back up his uncles. You got yourself the Blackfish and Edmure and River Run are back on board with the Rob Stark. Got it. Deal. Does that make sense? Yeah. And fuck Tywin. <laughs> he's just gonna take the bait and he's gonna go for it, but you're gonna have a sneaky, sneaky person in charge of those forces that are going towards Tywin, which is going to be the Boltons. It's smart. All right. That's the end of that. So moving on to our discussion questions. Um, the first question is, it said that in the child's children's tower, the children of the forest called upon their nameless gods to send the hammer of the waters. Does this hint to the fact that maybe the children of the forest have magical abilities? Yes. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think they do. I think they're magic. Magic. <laughs> Glitter falls from the sky. All right. Uh, second question is, do you think Rob is prepared for battle after speaking with his mother? Yes. I think so. The best he can be, yeah. I think that, it, I think that not that he was, I think he was prepared for battle. But he was prepared more strategically from talking to his mother where someone actually told him, think about that. I was going to say, I think he was unsure of himself before talking to Catelyn. Mm-hmm. And then after talking to Catelyn, he feels much more confident yeah. in what he's doing. He just needs someone to go, think about that. Yeah. Mm, maybe it's not a good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, last question is, do you think Rob's battle plan will be successful? What do you think? Because you're I the think? one that has all this, like, battle knowledge. I don't have battle knowledge. I just took Western Civilizations in school. <laughs> all right. I took but it in I high didn't school. But compa- I didn't pay attention to that class. So. Well. You go ahead. I think that I'm flawed in the fact that I've seen the show. Mm-hmm. Right? But I think that. Just laying out his battle plan that we just, like, talked about in the chapter, though. I think that any battle plan that he comes up with is going to be a risk. No matter what. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Obviously, it's not a foolproof win at this point in time. You're dealing with a battle-hardened commander who knows what he's doing, but he's also being very foolish in the way that he's sending his forces. He's going up the river and burning every town that he comes to and trying to take every castle. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to be very foolish in the way that he does it, in the fact that he won't be stopped. So I understand where Rob's coming from, where we're like, if we surprise his ass... He's yeah. not going to know it's coming, right? Because he thinks that he's not going to be stopped. Yeah. But I feel like also Tywin is unpredictable in that point. But I do agree with the point of you need to back up Edmure at this point. Edmure's your uncle. He's a Tully. River Run is a strong outpost. A strong castle that you need. You need as an ally. You need that ally. You need it. And you need the phrase, but... The phrase are... We're wishy-washy. Well, we know this from suspicion that we have already, right? But saying, like, the phrase are the only one that have the crossing, you need to get them on board. Mm-hmm. You can't just get Edmure. you got to get the phrase on board. And this entire thing kind of weighs on one single house, and that's what makes this dangerous. Yes, I think it might be successful in the fact of surprise... I think it will only be successful if he's if he goes all in for it and it's not hesitant. Right. right. That's what I agree. Yeah. Yeah. If if you put balls to the wall on this one. Exactly. But you're putting 18,000 men at risk versus someone that has way more troops than you and clearly has done this before and you are 15 years old. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a tough one. Yeah. But yeah, I think that surprise and attack might work. I but I don't know Tywin. I kind of think that's his best option. And they've never really listed how many Agreed. troops Tywin has. They just said a lot. If he's going to support Edmure and yeah. he has not battled, Edmure has battled most likely. Yeah, I would say Ed- Edmure knows what he's doing. 
I he will is say. not. He is not battles. So I think he needs to take the outside here. source of this person has been in a fight before. Yeah. I have not. So you should probably yeah. take even even if you don't want to hear hear it with Steed, mm-hmm. just take it and just listen and be like, okay, get, probably he knows get something. Get him. Get him under the cloak. Yes. I did read the next chapter. Don't like do just before this. Um the Lannister army is like twenty thousand men strong. Oh, you're not that far off. Versus what? 18? 18. 18, oh, yeah. Right. So they're they're pretty evenly matched. Obviously, they have... May work. The Lannisters have a little bit of more of an upper hand, but... But they Depending don't. The but they don't because they're traveling north into the realms that the Starks own. Yeah. So that's their... That's that's their territory. And also depending... That's like American Revolution stuff. That's their area. Depending yeah. on where they apply to. They could right. be... I they meant be in numbers. 2,000 of them. No, I mean in numbers, but then they were also talking about in the chapter, too, where they're, they're like, oh... I just I just remember this little point from the chapter where they talked to about another house that said that oh yeah if the if the Lannisters did march north, and the Lannisters tried to get to Mount Mount Kaelin, that there was another house that was gonna bleed them every second they could get. I remember that literal sentence in there where they said they will bleed them every second they can get. So literally they're just sneak attacking them, guerrilla attacking them every time they can get. Just pop out of the bushes, snag one, you know. Mm-hmm. So they're entering a territory that is very dangerous and that normally guerrilla warfare always wins. <laughs> so I, I just think in that case, Tywin has a stop point and that is the stop point. So I think that Rob, once he gets past that point, that is the North and the North is owned by the Starks and their bannermen. So this is kind of, that's the line. And so I think that if he attacks below that, He's taking taking dangerous risk, but he has the ability to get another house that's already on his side back on his side. Mm-hmm. So I think it will be successful. All right. End of statement. Go ahead. Well, it's up to Gabby for the Tyrion tidbit. Hit it. All right. <laughs> Drinking and lust. No man can match me in these things. I am the god of tits and wine. Classic Tyrion. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. Facts. All right, make sure you guys follow us on all of our social media. On Facebook, we have a Facebook page called Game of Wines, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. We also have a Facebook group called Game of Wines podcast group. And you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Game of Wines 1 and YouTube at Game of Wines podcast. That is it for this week's episode of Game of Wines. Next episode, we will be discussing Tyrion Chapter 7. So make sure you read that chapter before next episode. Thanks for listening.